discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Listen, something happened today. 3.20 a.m. I woke up to sit down to prepare for today. When I opened the first verse, uh, Exodus 23, when I opened and I started reading, all of a sudden, in the spirit, I, I heard a voice. And the voice was speaking to me, but it was, it was speaking to you. And the voice said, <laughs> let me read it exactly as it came. And the voice said, you have been challenged to become very big. And this is not from me. On, on the day of judgment, you can ask the Lord. It is not from me. I, I, I heard it. I was amazed at my hall. When I saw first fruit, so I was happy because God was confirming it. He says, you have been challenged to become very big. Now, this is God's rhema to love economy at such time. You have been challenged to become very big. Hmm. You see, the revelation of God doesn't come today. The more you yield to the Spirit and you obey His word, you respond to the word, greater light comes. I was listening to Bishop Oedipo and um, he, he, he said something wonderful. He said, many years ago, 87, he went to the Lord to worship and to praise him. As he was worshiping, he said he had a deep voice, a deep voice. And the voice spoke to Bishop Oedipo and said, what have you brought to me, my son? What have you brought to me, my son? He didn't know what to say, but he said, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost quickened him. Then he said, Lord, my salary. Bishop Oedipo said, from 87, he's never received salary again from the church. What have you brought to me? My salary. And when, when he was preaching, he said, some of you are wondering why I had a voice and I had to. God raised me up. He lifted me up on the platform of, platform of a greater sacrifice. Some of you are wondering why you have not heard such voice. Then he said, the, 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 what is revealed in scripture? Have you already done that? If you fully commit yourself to the covenant and you, are, you give your heart entirely to it, then a greater light will come. Praise God. If you are faithful in your giving, in tithing, in your free will offerings, then God can push you up to the first fruit. So I'm sure that you people are very obedient when it comes to giving. And God now wants to spoil you, in quote. <laughs> so I heard it. I heard it. You can ask God on, on the day of judgment. You have been challenged to become very big. I was so jealous. I, asked, I, I said, Lord, is it for me or for love economy? I, I, I wanted to. <laughs> you have been challenged to become very big. I heard it. 
I wait for word. Hallelujah. You have been challenged to become very big. Makatai. Wow. Wow. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. This is the life of the saint. This is the realm we are called to walk in. I've already given my first food this year. I can't disclose it to you. You may, you may fall down. For security reasons. I don't want you to collapse. I don't want you to collapse. So. Let my tongue cleave to the roof of my, my mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look. <laughs> I gave up, I gave everything. Everything. This life is so nice. How can you have a family and everything and you give everything? How will you, how, how will you eat lunch? But I, I've known my God too well. Ah. Ah. Look, when I gave the first fruit, I was walking, I was happy. God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. I was too happy. I was too happy. The first fruit I gave, it may take someone's 10 working years. <laughs> so I'm not telling you, as Pastor said, you to do something we are not doing. Because you have to come up. We, we must grow together. In, there are some ministries. The pastor is very blessed. But the members are. Hmm, they can't catch up. But as pastor said. As we all hold on to the word. We grow together. Hallelujah. Can you please be seated. So. Man of God. Thank you for the farmhouse. Thank you for the barn. Thank you for the field. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. All right. Now let's go back to our verse. Exodus 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruits of the land thou shalt bring. So what do we do? As a believer, the first fruit was the first month. As a worker, so let me explain the first fruit. The first fruit, number one, is, is your first salary. Number two, the first fruit, I mean, it's your first produce, your first yield, your first salary. Now, if you, if you get a new job, or if you start a new job, your first salary is also your first fruit. And if you are promoted, you are at a lower rank, then you get to a higher rank to begin a new course. The first salary is the first fruit. So, please let me go over. I following. Number one, the first salary must not go to the barn. It must go to the house of God. The first salary is the first fruit. Number two, you have a business. You just started a business. The first income, maybe for the month, the first one is the first fruit. Number three, you got a new job. Maybe you began January, you gave the first fruit. But around September, you got a new job, which is better. The first salary also becomes the first fruit. Because that's the, that's the beginning. 
You see, you got a new job. The first salary is the first fruit. Then you are promoted to a higher rank. The first sal- salary of that rank is also the first fruit. So that's how it operates. And you ask, well, you ask me, okay, so in the month of January, when it ends and I'm bringing my first fruit, how about the tithe? Do you separate the tithe from the first fruit? No. The first month, you bring everything. You bring everything. Everything is inclusive. It's not that, hey, so how will I give tithe? Should I go and look for some money somewhere to go and give tithe? No. Because you are bringing everything to him, to the Lord. Hallelujah. Check my words well. Look at what the Bible said. The first of the first fruit of the land thou shalt bring. Whenever the first fruit is mentioned, the Bible uses the word bring. The Bible doesn't say give. <laughs> you cannot give what does not belong to you. Let it sink in. You can't give what does not belong to you. You only have to bring it. If something is not yours, you can't go and sow it as a seed. If something is not yours, you bring it. Are you following me? If I give you my car to do some personal, some personal business, and you come back, you bring my car. Because it's not yours to begin with. You can't come and come and bless me with a car. Or come and give and sow the car to me. as I say. It's, it's not, Originally, it was not yours to begin with. If the money was yours, when you come, you give. If it is not yours, when you come, you bring. Check the scriptures. When it comes to tithe, when it comes to first food, you don't give, you bring. But free will offerings, some of the offerings, some of the offerings is like seed. Seed sowing is given. The money is yours and you have the choice. <laughs> Based on your revelation. <laughs> and you, you want to go and sow a seed. But when it comes to first fruit, you always bring. Because it's not yours. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. Glory to God. Praise God. <laughs> so the first, now in the Hebrew and in the Greek, the word first is the same as the word best. So actually the best of the first fruit of the land. <laughs> the best. The word aparte is first and best in the Greek. First and best. It, it's amazing. So in Numbers 18, 12, you know, in Numbers 18, 12, the people had to give, look at what it says. Numbers 18, 12. That is the same word for first. All the best of the oil. Can you imagine? And all the, you see all, you see the word all. All the best of the oil. And all the best of the wine. And of the wheat. The first fruits. You see, so the first fruit, fruit is the best, best, best. The first fruit of them, who they shall offer unto the Lord, I have given. So what it means is that when you are sending your first fruit at, at the beginning of the month, it must be best. Look, if the money you are bringing to God is not nice, get the nicest currency. Uh, go to the bank and get, make sure it is neat. In the nicest envelope, parcel it nicely. God honors all of these things. Look, anytime we are bringing our offerings, I don't bring my off- I don't bring any kind of money. I prepare my offerings. You know how I give my offerings when the week begins. The money I received from Sunday till 
Saturday evening, how I give my offerings, I'll strike a percentage for my personal offering. <laughs> Talking to the Holy Spirit. Then, before then, I prepare the nicest currency, the nicest ones, the money. I don't get something that is, because it's an honor. The nice ones. Can get it from the bank or... So, what I do is that all the money that comes in a week, I, I start separating the nice ones. <laughs> I start separating them. Then I have nice envelopes just for offerings and presenting to God. So, I present it like that. I prepare it like that and I bring it. You must bring the best. Don't bring money that is squeezed and crumpled. Don't do that. Change it before you bring to the house of God. It's for him. The first is his. You honor it. Come with joy. Come with the nicest. Just make it nice. With joy and come and bring it. You know what happens? I realize that all the money people bring to me, most of them are nice currencies. So I've been wondering why. Then I realize that I've been giving nice ones. <laughs> it must be the best. The best. Praise God. How many of you are going to fulfill the word of God? You remember that I said that the Bible says that if you can't send a lamb as first fruit to redeem the donkey, you have to break his neck. Do you remember? (laughs) You know what it means? Because it means that now, you don't want to redeem it with a lamb. That means you are not willing to give your first fruit. You are not willing to give your first fruit. He says, break the, break the neck. He's saying, then don't, you, don't even use it at all. You are not even qualified to use your, the, that money at all because it is not yours. <laughs> you have no idea. The first, in principle, belongs to him. That's why he demanded for the first trees, fruits, the ado, whatever. Their children, animals, first, 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 first. He has no place for the second. So if you have his first, he will, he will chase after the first. That's why he said to Pharaoh, let my people go. You have, you have my firstborn. He plagued Egypt. He plagued the field of Zoan to take his first fruit. <laughs> you can't even use it because it's not yours. But I told you that whatever was written was for, it's a, it's a type. Now, in the Bible, donkey is a symbol of rebellion and stubbornness. I'm telling you. Donkey is a symbol of rebellion and stubbornness. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. 1 Samuel 15 verse 23. It's amazing how the donkey is rebellion and stubbornness. But we find that verse. <laughs> Look at 1 Samuel 15 23. So rebellion is rebelling against authority, standing against God's authority. So now, (laughs) the donkey represents three things. Witchcraft, iniquity, and idolatry. (laughs) All right. But why do you have to break the neck of the donkey? Now in the Bible, the neck stands for the will, the human will. The neck stands for the human will. That's why we have the term stiff neck. One who is stiff neck is the one who is not yielding his will to God. God says, go here. He also wants to go here. Actually, in, the, in, the, in, the, in Bible times, animals were yoked to work together. You have the oxen, two of them. Normally, they yoke 
a baby oxen with a matured oxen, an elderly oxen. They yoke a baby and an elderly one. So what happens is that there is a rod tied to their, their neck. They have to work together. It's like discipleship. The baby oxen, ox, must follow the elderly one because they are yoked together. If the elderly one is sleeping, the baby one cannot open her eyes and be, be awake. If the elderly one wants to drink or eat, the younger one cannot say, I want to sleep. If the elderly one wants to go to the left, and the younger one says, I want to go to the right. When there is a rebellion, no, I don't want to go where you are going. Because they are tied together, there comes a strain on the neck of the younger ox. That's where the word stiff neck came from. So, trying to yield your will according to what you want and not according to God. So he says that if you don't want to give the first fruit, it's stubbornness, it's idolatry, because someone is taking the place of God. It's iniquity. Listen, the only way out is to break your neck, break that stubborn will. Otherwise, you'll be in financial crisis. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, that's the implication. So, brethren, maybe I'm talking about first fruit and you go like, oh, all these people. Every time they talk about money, 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 money. Love it. Yeah. I know you people understand that. <laughs> Prayer is mentioned 500 times in the Bible. But money is mentioned 2,300 times in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> glory to God. So, we are not rebellious. Rebellious. <laughs> we will not take what is best for God, or God's best, or God's best. We will not do that. Hallelujah. Something happened when they crossed Jordan, the Israelite. Now, when they crossed Jordan, when Israel was possessing the Promised Land, the first city they conquered was Jericho. Now, God gave them instructions and said they were going to fight against many cities. But the first city they fought against was Jericho. And God said, after conquering the city, bring all the gold and all the silver, all the iron and all the brass. These four things. Bring them to the treasury of the Lord's house. Now, Joshua 6, so that you know it's in the Bible. Joshua 6, verse 18 and 19. Joshua 6, 18 and 19. And ye in any wise keep yourselves from the accursing, lest ye make yourselves accursed. When ye take of the accursing to make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. 19. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brass and iron are consecrated to the Lord, to the Lord. They shall come to the treasury of the Lord. Now, let me show you what it means. Israel was just about to enter the promised land and there were cities they had to conquer under Joshua. The first city they fought against was Jericho. And God said, listen, all the cities you are going to conquer, all their inheritance, all their wealth, all their treasures will be yours. All the cities you are going to conquer, you have everything. But the first city you conquer, Jericho, all the gold, all the silver, all the brass and iron, take it to the house of God. And everybody understood it because they understood the principle of the first fruit. 
Praise God. Because we are going to fight against many cities. All their wealth will take it. All their flocks will take it. All their gold will take it. But God says, the first one, the Jericho, the first one you fight against, everything bring it to the house of God. Why? That is the first fruit. Because they understood it, that the first is for God, because God cannot be second. God is the preeminent one. He cannot be second. So they fought against Jericho, defeated Jericho, took the gold, took the silver. Everybody understood the first fruit, except one man. His name was called Achan. Whilst everybody was sending away, sending what they saw, they got to the treasure of, the, of God's house. He took the person he had and kept it. He kept it. But the instruction says, the first must be sent to the house of God. He kept it. And there was a roll call. <laughs> and Joshua, they used the Urim and the Tumim. Urim, light into our perfections in Christ. Urim, two stones. They called the families, Kamai and all. And Achan was discovered. You know what happens? They had to stone him, not he alone, and his family. They stoned them, the place became a heap. And where Achan and his family died, in the Bible came to be called Akko, the valley of Akko. Now the valley of Akko in Hebrew is the valley of trouble. Achan in Hebrew means troubler. And Akko is trouble. One man kept the first fruit. He brought trouble to his family. Are you bringing trouble to your family? By keeping the first fruit. Remember God says that. What they get from, the, from Jericho, it must be consecrated. Two things. Either it is consecrated or it comes under a curse. All the people consecrated it unto God in a temple. But Achan kept it and it became a curse. The Bible calls it that a curse thing. Why? Because God will go after his first. His first is not yours. He jealously got it. It's for him. Praise God. So some of you who have decided that I'll keep my first fruit. Look, you are not bringing trouble to your, only, your, 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 your personal life. You are bringing trouble to your family. Amazingly, in the Bible, that's what happens. If the man is blessed, his family is blessed. If the man is cursed, his family is cursed. What you do affects your family. Are there any Achans among us? <laughs> are there any Achans who end in trouble? You know trouble? <laughs> and what will happen is that if you keep the first place. Now, before you heard this truth, it was fine. Listen, at the time of ignorance, God winked at. That's what the Bible said. He has been merciful to us. And the Bible says in Acts 17 that at the time of ignorance, God winked at. But now, he commanded every man everywhere to repent. Now that you have heard, there's no escape. Now that you have heard, you have no escape because you heard it. You cannot say you are deaf. I will open it right now in the name of the Lord. <laughs> you have heard it. <laughs> you know what happened? If you don't give, you realize that you are losing your peace. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. And I think that this thing is time bound. If you decide to give in the process of time, you're becoming like Cain. <laughs> because you cannot give. <laughs> 
what you want and when you want it. The moment it comes to your hands, it belongs to him. It must be hallowed, consecrated, and brought to the altar. You will not trouble your family by keeping the feast. That belongs to God. You will not trouble your family. You will not bring any curse to your family. You will not be a thief. Yeah, because you are taking God's feast. You are denouncing his lordship over your money. You are denying his lordship over your money. That's what it means. Because he has said, this is it. It's mine. Follow it. And you deny him. We call it rebellion. We call it idolatry. In fact, we call it witchcraft. Stubbornness. But I see you breaking your will. That iron will is broken by the word. And you are submitting it to the will of God. So what you want is what I want. Your will is my will. My will harmonizes with your will. I bring God to you. Hallelujah. Look, revelation is sweet. The Bible says, truly, light is sweet. And it's a pleasant thing for the eyes to behold the sun. When I was given my first food this month, when I was sleeping at night, I couldn't wait for morning to come, actually. Look, the money, I said, this money is too much. I was just, when the morning come, I was just waiting. <laughs> Look, it was with enthusiasm. It's revelation. It's light. And as I walked away, you know, you know, you know how it feels like as I walked off, <laughs> I knew abundance will hunt me down this year. Someone called me yesterday prophesying to me what and she saw in a vision that God says abundance is coming to me. I said, oh, I don't even need prophecy. I, I know it. Abu- oh, I know it. I, I said, it's not a wonder. I'm already, I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> you, I'm in it. We work by faith. <laughs> My faith has substantiated the invisible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's so sweet. <laughs> it's so sweet. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. This year is your year. Look, comparing last year and this year, your finances will increase at least seven times. Your finances, eh? It will increase at least seven times. Some of you have a vision of what you want to get. God will beat it. It will shock you that by the time you get to the middle of the year, that record is broken. That record is broken. It's, it's a year of speed. Many of God's servants have spoken that. It's working. When the year began, I had a vision to give a certain amount at the middle of the year. It, but I gave it the first, the first week of the year. It, it had come from everywhere. Hallelujah. That's how God is going to surprise you. You are going to look at, you wonder the goodness of God. As you walk, you'll be saying, God, you are good. Oh, God, you are good. God, why? Lord, why? 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 And you will weep. And you will laugh. And you will sit. And you will stand. Now, you have seen abundance, but when you start the first fruits, you are ushered into a higher realm. It is supernal. It is supernatural. And God says, you have been challenged to become big. To become big. To become big. 
Can you prophesy? I'm going to be big. One more time, I'm going to be big. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, someone is wondering, but what verse can we get in the New Testament to verify all these things? How? It will surprise you how many times Paul used the term first fruits. But in Romans 11 verse 16, look at what it says in Romans 11 verse 16. For if the first fruit be holy, the lamp is also holy. Let me show you what it means. If the first fruit be holy, the lamp is holy. What does it mean for the first fruit to be holy? When you take your first salary, you bring it to the altar. The moment you put it on the altar, it becomes holy. The moment you bring your money, money is not holy at all. Money is called the mammon of unrighteousness. It belongs to this kingdom, this world, this base kingdom. Mammon is actually a spirit. There's a spirit that controls money. It is called mammon. And it's very unrighteous. But when you take money from the world, money is under the case actually. You bring it to the altar. The instant you put it on, on the altar, it is sanctified. The word sanctified means holy. How do I know? Matthew 23 verse 19. Look at Matthew 23 verse 19. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift. The gift or the altar that makes holy the gift. The word sanctify means, means to make holy. So what it means is that you have your money. It's not holy. It's ordinary. It's common. But you take it and bring it to the house of God. The moment it touches the altar, the Bible says what? The altar sanctifies the gift. The money is made clean. It's made holy. And when it is made holy, the Bible says that if the first fruit be holy, the rest are also holy. Now, what it means is that if you bring your first fruit to the altar, God receives it. It is holy. You know what happens? Your general salary becomes holy. February salary becomes holy. March salary becomes holy. April salary becomes holy. And May salary becomes holy. And all of it, August, September, October, all the rest of the month, it becomes holy. Why? When the first fruit was sanctified, all the rest became sanctified. What it means is that when you give the first fruit, not only will your bonds be filled with plenty, the first fruit is redemptive. The first fruit is redemptive. When you present it to God, it redeems the rest. It sanctifies the rest. It makes holy the rest. So what happens is that every money that will come and every salary that will come and all the increase that will come are actually sanctified and made holy. What it means is that God's life and integrity protect what comes to you. Now God keeps it. God preserves it. You are redeemed from the curse. Sometimes money comes, people spend money and money flies away. People make investment and they lose the investment. People, people invest money and uh, things that don't happen. Everyone is doing it. You also want to follow men's gold. Everyone is doing it. You, you, you. So you are losing money in many angles and in many cycles and in many ways. 
Many people lose their money, they don't even know. They buy and it doesn't work. But when it is sanctified, so will somehow, God redeems it. God redeems it. So will somehow, you don't lose those investments. Because it is God's money now. It is His. Whoever wants to cheat you and to hold your money, just smile. What you are holding, it has been sanctified. It has been made holy by the first fruit. <laughs> because when the first fruit was holy, the lamp, the lamp was made holy. You know holy? That means <laughs> it has been set apart. So God now protect it. Protect its use. So much blessing behind it. Hallelujah. Your money is no longer unrighteous. It's no longer under the case. You receive your salary. The guy who just received by your side, his money is under the case. Yours is not under the case. You use it and it becomes fruitful. You use it in some way, divine blessing is behind how you use the money. You use it, there's something supernatural about it. Because it is sanctified. It's all about the first fruit. Paul was saying that, look, Israel, their first fruit was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were holy, today, the, the root was holy. The branches today, Israel, in the sight of God, they have become holy. Look, they are not born again, but the rest of the nations are separate from Israel because of their fathers. <laughs> they were holy. So the lamp, they are also holy. So there's a, God has a special heart for Israel, a special blessing. That's why the wealthiest men in the world are all in Israel. The largest percentage are all in Israel. Why? God is not looking at the lamp, He's looking at the first fruit. <laughs> But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruit of them that slept. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20. Why? Because Christ rose from the dead as the first fruit. It is a guarantee that we will all rise from the dead. <laughs> it's a guarantee that all of us will rise from the dead. Your first fruit is a guarantee of the blessings that are coming. Can I hear a, a, a believing amen? Because the first redeems the rest. Jesus, as the firstborn, redeemed us. He was the first. He redeemed all of us. The first redeems the rest. Hallelujah. Numbers 18, 1 and 8. Numbers 18, 1 and 8. And the Lord said unto Aaron, but, but for, for your information, the first fruit is cut across all dispensations. All dispensations. There was first fruit. Look, at the time of Adam, 2,000 years before Abraham, the first fruit, the first lens was received from God. So it predates the law 3,500 years before the law. During the days of the law, it was even magnified because God's justice was revealed. In the New Testament, the first fruit principle is there. For information, in the next age, the millennial reign, there will be first fruit. Go and read Ezekiel 44. When Christ comes to the earth to reign on earth. No, we are with Christ. We are glorified. We will come. It will not be taken from us. The human race on earth, the kingdom at that time, first fruit will be taken from them. So the first fruit is uh, cut across all dispensations. In the coming age, the, the, the Bible calls it the world to come. First fruit is taken. God showed Ezekiel the millennial temple. He gave me a vision about the temple that will be raised which the Lord will build in a millennium and the ordinances in the, in the temple. And he said, the first fruits 
will be taken. Can you, can you imagine the world to come? Why? Because God must always be first. <laughs> Alright, let's read this one. And the Lord said unto Aaron, Thou and thy sons and thy, and thy father's house with thee shall bear the iniquity of the sanctuary. And thou and thy sons with thee shall bear the iniquity of the priesthood. Now what does it mean to bear the iniquity of the priesthood or the iniquity of the sanctuary? It means that God is saying, pastors, whatever happened in the church, whatever happened in the temple, I hold you responsible for it. Now God holds the leadership responsible for whatever is happening in the church. How the church runs and whatever is happening, he will hold the priesthood, a symbol of the pastorate, he hold you responsible. Praise God. Let's see verse 8. I like this one. And the Lord spoke unto Aaron, Behold, Marco Kate, I also have given thee the charge of mine heave offerings, of all the hallowed, of all the hallowed things of the children of Israel. You know, the first foot is a hallowed offering, it's a consecrated offering of all the hallowed things of the children of Israel unto thee have I given unto thee have I given them by reason of the anointing and to thy sons listen to me carefully <laughs> I have given them by reason of the anointing let me show you what your first fruits and your offerings will do God told Aaron the reason I have allowed my people to bring offerings Aaron was heavily anointed. Aaron was anointed with oil. And anointing was not just for him, it was for the people. And God told him, the reason why I've permitted my people to bring offering is that when you take the offering, the offering will connect them to the anointing. Why does he mention anointing whilst he's talking about the hallowed offerings? It is your offering that connects you to the anointing. I'm telling you, many of God's people are disengaged from the anointing because they are not giving. Huh. The anointing and the blessings goes together. For your information, your blessing is in the hands of your man of God. That is God's divine authorization. That's how he has, that is the institution of divine government. That's how he has ordained it. Your blessing is in the hands of the man of God. And when you bring the offering, you know what happens? And the man of God stands here and speaks. Your offering connects with the anointing. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the pre precious ointment upon the head, and that runs down to the beard, even Aaron's beard, and that went down to the skirt of his garment. And as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. We see the anointing, and we see the blessings. We see the anointing upon Aaron flowing, and that is where the blessing is commanded. That is where we have the commanded blessing. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. Commanded is present continuous. In the anointing of Aaron, there is a commanded blessing. The blessing is always commanded. So what it means is that you connect with the anointing by the hollow things. You bring the hollow thing, you, you connect with the anointing. I'm telling you. People don't come to church. They are not giving. 
And things happen to them and they don't know why things are happening to them. It's almost like they are praying, but there's a kind of curse be you can't break. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. There are some people they give, and as they give, as you give, the yokes are destroyed. As you give, somehow you connect with the anointing from the on the house, the anointing from your man of God. Some way, somehow, there is a supernatural connection. You are engaged, your offerings are connected to the anointing, and the anointing is unleashed against things that happen to you in your life. They are unleashed against arm robbery. Arm robbers come against you somewhere, somehow you are delivered from arm robbery. There's going to be a major accident somewhere, somehow you swerve the accident. Why? The Bible said in Proverbs, Proverbs 13, verse 8, the ransom of a man's life are in his riches. The ransom of a man's life are in his riches. The ransom of a man's life. How can you be ransomed from trouble? How can you be ransomed from disaster? How can you be ransomed from stress and from unfortunate happenings? Trouble that comes upon your family, troubles that comes, disaster, too many disasters. You can ransom it by what you give. The ransom of a man's life is in his riches, the things he has to give. Because you see, what you give connects with anointing. That is why you can give and it connects to your health. You can give and you're not sick. You can give and you are delivered from accident. You can give and something supernatural happens to you. Praise God. Now listen. Once upon a time, there was a widow called the widow of Zarephath, as we know, because the widow lived in Zarephath. Elijah was at the brook called Kerith, and God commanded him to go to Zarephath because a widow there had to feed him. Now when God said a widow had to feed Elijah, I suppose Elijah, well, Elijah immediately thought that God had planned a wealthy woman with a huge house to sustain him. He got there and lo, he was disappointed at the, first, <laughs> the physical evidence. That's not what he wanted. He saw the widow and the widow had his, her last meal with her son. How can that be? Elijah, the Tishbite, demanded that the woman bring him his last meal. Now, from the natural point of view, it seems like Elijah is wicked. Look, you go out to the world. If that was on social media, you know how the world would have lambasted Elijah? You say you are a man of God. Instead of you giving to the widow, you are taken from the widow. Is that, is that, how, is that how God is? They will criticize you. Look, when you start giving, don't, listen, don't confer with flesh and blood. Don't listen to the world. Because there is a kind of spirit of intimidation from the world that suppresses us to be ourselves. To do what we have to be. Because we are hearing the world instead of hearing the word. Elijah, are you compassionate? Are you loving? A widow's last meal. You the prophet, are you, not, are you not supposed to give to him, to her rather? Elijah persuaded her to take everything this woman had. You know what God was doing? In the natural, it doesn't seem pleasant. Why Elijah? Because God was connecting her giving with anointing. God was connecting her giving with anointing. Because the way to connect with anointing is by giving. When you give to the man of God, you connect to his anointing. I, I, I'm telling you. 
you connect. And when you connect to the anointing, every failure will be solved. Every lack of resources will be supplied. And as he connected with the anointing, Elijah only had to speak. Elijah said, the cruise of oil shall not fail, and the barrel of wheat shall not waste, till the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And the woman never lacked. Because she connected with the anointing. You only have, mama, 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 kobalaba, sata. Listen, your prosperity is in the hands of your bishop. Ezekiel 44 verse 30. And the first of all the first fruits of all things, and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblations, shall be the priest. You shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough, that he may cause the blessing to rest in thine house. So you bring it to the house of God. That's why when you bring your first fruit, don't give it to the usher at the gate. Bring it to the house of God. Come and put it at the altar in the presence of the pastors. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen. And uh, after it is placed there, the pastors will begin to speak. Bishop will begin to speak. That's what God says. And he will cause the blessing to rest on your house. And he, the priest, will cause it. You know what it means? Your blessing is in the mouth of your priest. Listen, blessing, when we say blessing, blessing is not house, car, and the things you see. They are the effect of blessing. The car and the, all the promotions and whatever you see, they are the effect of the blessing. They are not called blessings. The word blessing in the Greek, eulogia, means to speak well. Literally, to speak well. Blessing is in speaking. So your man of God... He will cause a blessing. He now begins to release words after the first fruit is. So, what's going to happen is that now, when you bring your first fruit, you understand, the bishop will be here and bishop begins to pronounce words. And the blessing will rest upon your house. You know what it means? Your family. And mysteriously, you're not the only one who's going to be blessed. Your entire household will be blessed. When Achan was cursed, the family was cursed. When you give the first foot and you are blessed, it's a household blessing. It affects the entire household. That means that it affects you in a family, your family life, your marital life, your home. You are blessed everywhere. Blessed shall be your basket. Blessed, blessed shall be your store. Blessed shall be the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cattle and the fruit of your body. And blessed shall be your dough. The Bible says even your kitchen utensils shall be blessed. The Bible says blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall thou be in the city. Wherever you go, blessings hunt you down. You become Otibwatan, the blessed. You become Elikem, the blessed. Whatever you are, you become the blessed because the blessings hunt you down. The Bible says you cannot run fast enough to overtake the blessings because the blessings are inescapable blessings. Those blessings will hunt you down and push you down. You'll be full of blessings everywhere. Hallelujah. The Bible says he will cause the blessing. He has the power to cause the blessing and the blessings follows you. And when the blessing comes upon thine household, the Bible said, your, the days of your household shall be multiplied 
as the days of heaven on earth. That means in your household, your household becomes heaven on earth. In heaven, there is no disease. In heaven, there is no lack. In heaven, there is no depression. In heaven, there is no sorrow. So what happens is that the ambience of heaven becomes the ambience of your home. You live the days of heaven on earth because the commanded blessing is upon your head because the priest has caused the blessings to rest upon you. Hallelujah. And this shall come to pass. This year, after this month, you must do it. And the bishop will stand and speak the word. Omakaye. Tibakataye. Let me show you something. Your blessing. You know where your blessing is? Once upon a time in Samaria, there was great famine in the city because the king of Syria had besieged the city. The famine was so sore and intense that the Bible tells us that the head of a donkey was sold for 18 pieces of silver. The famine was so intense that the Bible tells us that a dove's dunk, a dove's manure was sold for five pieces of silver. The droppings of a dove, the manure of a dove was sold for money. That is how intense the famine was. And the king of Israel was walking over a wall and heard two women disputing. And they said, oh king, help us. Oh king, help us. And the king said, if the Lord doesn't help you, who can help you? From where? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? I cannot help you. Where should help come from? Then the king asked the woman, what is your trouble? And the woman said, yesterday, we, we, we agreed that we will boil one of our sons and eat them and eat him. So I brought my son, we boiled our son and we ate my son. This is in 2 Kings chapter 6 to chapter 7 verse 1. We boiled my son because of the famine. They boiled her son and ate it. And we decided that today we are going to boil her son so we can eat it. So that means they ate a whole human being in one day. The next day they were going to eat a whole human being. And now my son is dead and this woman is refusing to give her son. And when the king heard it, the king was shocked. Now all this was happening in the city. They ran to the king. King, help us. The king said, from where? From the threshing floor, where the fruit comes from, or from the wine press, where the wine comes from. From where? Brethren, there was poverty and lack and they cried to the king. But the king had no answer. Your prosperity is not in the hands of politicians. It's not in the hands of government. It's not in the hands of the political powers of the nation. People are complaining about the economy. People are complaining about the economy of the state, the economy of the country, that things are hard though. Everyone is blaming the government too, the government too. Like the king upon the wall. He is on the wall and we are on the floor. We are walking on the ground. He doesn't see what we are going through because he is on the wall. He is not with us. He doesn't come to us in the incarnational method to bear with us. He is on the wall. Many politicians, many powers, many authorities are on a wall. They don't know what and how people are passing through difficult challenges in this life. They are in different planes of life. You understand? But they cannot help you. He says, where can I help you? They called and cried for the help of the king. But the king himself was helpless until Elisha showed up. 
the prophet. When Elijah showed up, all that he had to do was to prophesy. He said, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of wheat be sold for a barley. <laughs> tomorrow about this. Now he began to prophesy. And the minister of finance at that time said, if God opened the windows of heaven, shall this thing be? Because he was seen from the natural point of view. But the prophet who carries God's word, that's why I'm telling you that your prosperity and abundance is not in the hands of your boss. It's not in the hands of the president. It's not in the hands of the government. It's in the hands of your pastor. It's in the hands of your man of God. He will cause by the proclamations and declarations of his mouth, he will cause the blessing to rest upon you. We are a specified people of a new kind. This is how God has ordained blessing for his people. It is a commanded blessing. Bring the offering and the offering connected with the anointing. Whatever anointing the pastor walks in, as the offering connects with the anointing, you walk in the same blessing. Whatever pastor is having, very soon you begin to have the same blessing because that offering has connected to his anointing. What happens is that the anointing from the head now flows to the skirt of his garment. Whatever grace God has given the bishop this year, as you give, you begin to connect to that anointing which he's walking in. And what God gives him, God gives you. You partake of his reward. If he's a prophet, you partake of the prophet reward. If he's a righteous man, you partake of the righteous man's reward. What God gives him now comes down to you. Because this is God's programming. This is what God has ordained for his church. And I cannot see faith in the heart of God's people. We are coming alive. We are taking hold of this word. And let me see faith stand up. Open your voice. Raise your voice. Open your mouth. Begin to stir up your faith. In the name of Jesus. It's a new realm. It's a new face for your life. Something new is happening. Yet, it is something new. Yabale. And blessed is she that believeth. For there shall be a performance. Yabakata. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, begin to pray. Whatever you want to tell the Lord, tell him. You have been challenged to become very big. <laughs> you have been challenged to become very big. We are becoming very big. We are becoming very big. <laughs> it's a challenge. Create that challenge for yourself. Yabalish. 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 Him that honoreth me will I honor. Shabarish. He that despises me will I despise. Yabalish. Yabalish. We choose to honor him. Yabalish. We choose to honor him. Yakat. Yabalash. Yabalash. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are the anointed people. We walk in anointings. In January, February, March, April, May, June, July. Something is going to happen in July. Shabele Kazete. Shabale Kazete. 
Come on, prophesy to yourself. Yalish. 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 Spread your hands towards heaven. And begin to pray. Mean business with God. 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 Mean business. Mean business with God. Come on, mean business. Shibati. 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 Mama, mama, mama. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Kate. Kate. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.